0: Coming up on episode 99 of The Smitty and Mitty Show. We'll reminisce about some memories before next week's 100th episode. And later on, we'll bring on an old friend to talk about his coaching career. The Smitty and Mitty Show starts now.
1: And now... Ladies
2: and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Stunt your 90%
0: of the time, I have no
2: idea what I'm talking about. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. The show that's got everyone
1: saying... You're
0: so dumb, for real.
1: With Smitty. What you just said is one of the most idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.
0: And Mitty. I've been in this business 15 years. What's your name? F*** you, that's my name.
2: This... (laughs) is the Smitty and Midi Show. Welcome inside the Smitty and Midi Show studio for yet another week. Tyler Middleton, Noah Smith going to take you through the next hour of some mediocre sports talk. I almost forgot our own tag. Well, it's not
0: an official tag.
2: It's like a i wrote it on a piece of paper around here so it is our it is now our official tag let's thank our sponsors dave middleton sunlight financial life is brighter under the sun gold line curling the choice of champions the jack jury memorial dirt bowl who we are sponsoring and very happy to be part partnering up with them that is a flag football event happening in port elgin ontario in the next coming week, two so weeks. Sure, two, two weeks two weeks so make sure if you want to get out there you get some tickets if you want to play you message them at the jack jordan memorial dirt bowl on facebook and instagram if you just want to donate money you can donate there as well all funds go to the uh, west for youth and other great mental health awareness organizations so great cause make sure you get out and help them they're also going to have a dinner at the queen's bar and grill with the raffle prizes
0: um, so make sure you do all that things to support local. The dinner is always this the thing that gets guys like me out, right? Thick guys. Uh, yeah. Flag football, fun. Would love it. No, the you would dinner not. after you would not like the flag football. Uh, I might. I, I might enjoy it for the first game, and then
2: you're just looking forward to the end of the day with dinner. Okay, tell tell me tell me how fat this is. So, on the weekend, I I, I was going up to Port Elgin. I said, Jack, let's play some. Can golf. I stop
0: you? Yes. If you have to sit here and ask your other fat friend tell me how fat this is the answer is probably going to be fat okay so continue so we're going I'm going up to Port Elgin for the
2: weekend I text my brother I said let's play golf uh, he says sorry there's a big tournament going on on the Saturday I said oh can we play I text one of my buddies here I said do you want to play and he goes yep so here we are we're heading up late on a Friday night to go play for on a Saturday tournament so we get there it's 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 a it was an amazingly run event it was for uh, one of the Old members who tragically passed away, so his daughter and his family set up this tournament to raise some money and to just have some friends, have some fun, basically. So uh here we are golfing and, and we have a good day. We have a lot of rum and cokes. We get to dinner, we devour our dinner, full plate, roast beef, corn, mm-hmm. full potatoes. Baked potatoes? Baked potatoes, okay. just full baked potatoes. Okay. There's some salad on the plate too to make myself look mm-hmm. a little healthier.
0: It goes right back to the kitchen. Right?
2: So about six o'clock. We start heading back. We're going back to the house. We immediately order a pizza. Not just a pizza, but like one of those Pizza Hut big boxes Mm -hmm. with the two pizzas, breadsticks, chicken, dessert. dessert. Uh And we devour that in one night. So we had a double dinner in in a matter of an hour. How fat is that? How many of you were there? Four. Ah i don't think it's that bad but it's not like it's not like we all just got dinner at the first place and we had to divide it up between the four of us we
0: all got our own dinner how quickly did you leave after dinner (laughs) almost immediately and then you immediately got home and ordered
2: pizza we we got a cab back realized that they they wouldn't take debit so then we had to get a ride to from the cab to, to the bank to get money to pay the cab and then we walked back so it was probably a solid hour hour i would say between dinner one and dinner two
0: I I consistently eat two dinners, so I won't look down on you. But once again, I go back to I'm probably not the right guy to ask because I eat a lot of food and I eat a lot of it at once. It was yummy. I'll go six or seven hours in the day without eating, which I get for some people is normal. (laughs) But then I will eat two to three full size meals within an hour.
2: And and I will say why I look like I do. I will say that we also, you know, had breakfast on the way in and when we got a lunch with the tournament, which was a, a chicken Caesar wrap with. A bag of ch- you had a choice of a bag of chips and apples. I saw at the end of the day there was quite a bit of apples left. They they had a couple bushels. Same apples that were there for last weekend's tournament. <laughs> and then in the morning, because so we came back, because we we obviously got a cab back, we left our car there. In the morning, we get a ride back to the course, and the place had had a tournament the day before. It was quite. There was apple cores everywhere. Apparently, we got in some apples after. Yeah, they they at
0: least ate the apples. That, yeah, we did not. You did not eat your no, apples. No, we did not eat our apples. Go right back. Uh, you're listening to the Smitty Midi Show across the TSM's radio network and on the Smitty Midi Show podcast. I don't know if you're fully aware. you got to be somewhat aware. We are on episode 99 of the podcast now. Next week will be 100. It's a pretty big milestone.
2: I'm aware because I'm digging to make sure I find trying, a suitable guest. Yeah, a suitable
0: guest. Um, so assuming that we get to episode 100 and we don't fail in the next week i know we're a week early but i was wondering what your favorite moment so far has been
2: could you not have mentioned this in the 20 minutes we were sitting together I th- before so i had thought some time about to it think but about i
0: it. felt like it was almost better to put you on the spot because then i know it's genuine there's
2: listen people don't want to hear this and, and by the way we did have a guest lined up for today unfortunately couldn't make it he couldn't make it with some illnesses in the family so uh we do have a guest joining us a little bit later to talk about uh, an amazing player who got drafted from yeah. London this, year, this a, year into the MLB. Former draft. teammate of ours. Not the te-
0: guy that got drafted. No. The guy that we're talking to. Yes. Who did not get drafted is a yes. former teammate. Yes. So of
2: we will ours. have a conversation with him just in, in segment three. I think we're going to get to that. Yeah. Uh, but to go back to your question, let's talk. Okay. So, I mean, there's obviously some amazing points. The, the conversation with Rod Black is going to go down as you know infamy right of 45 minutes of just an, an amazing man doing having an amazing didn't conversation want to talk,
0: didn't want to stop no. that conversation no
2: when we said is it okay if we just keep going he barely even answered us like he was just like yep yep just let me grab another beer we just kept going <laughs> so i mean that 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 was obviously amazing i think the first time for me that we got to talk to somebody that you would idolize. And I don't even know who that was. Cause I mean, Ian Leggett, I think was our second guest, which I mean, he played on the PGA tour, won tournaments, right? Mm-hmm. And then we get to talk to Corey Connors in that same week or in that same month. And that, and then we're talking to guys that we, that, that you and I were sitting back listening to forever. If it's Ben Nicholson, Smith, Shy DeViti, um,
0: Ron McLean, episode McClain, 10. I mean, right? episode Ron... 10.
2: So I think my favorite part, and it sounds like a cop-out is when I get those, jitters in my belly almost every week when i'm doing prep for guests we haven't talked to before if if it was recently jay Onright, you get those little like he comes on and it's uh, the first thing you think is oh my goodness that's jay on mm-hmm. like it's not
0: that we deserve to be here it's like why would he agree to this Well, and the amount of times that we have finished the interview said goodbye to the guest hung up the phone and looked at each other and said wow I did not want to stop talking right i could have talked all day with whoever that was and to the credit of
2: to a lot of these guests they will stick around and have conversations with us they it's not an immediate okay bye hang up and go on i, I think the longest one we had we might have been sitting here for 20 minutes having a conversation with one of the blue jays analysts and we got in some things that we never would have got out of a minute an interview because he never would have said yeah. and things that we're not going to bring up on air because it's it's confidentially said to us obviously but those things do happen. We do sit around and talk for, for a little while with some of these guests. And, and I mean,
0: I think we think maybe pull a bit of a friendship <laughs> out of it. Some of them I think we do. But I... There I am, certainly are people that are probably not going to talk to us again. And we yes, will admit that. Yes. There are certainly the people that are not, never going to answer another email from us. They made a mistake coming on the
2: one time. And well, for the most part, it was, I, I don't know if they ever thought they made a mistake, but for sure there's points where we did some things especially early that would make them true right so it's not that we were disrespectful within the interview or anything like that it's that as we asked something of them or, or we just didn't do something right and then we learn and you do it better right you live and you learn but there are tons of guests that i can reach out to on a short-term basis and i say that being on an episode with no guests because we had someone cancel <laughs> short term but
0: this was a little bit more short
2: term. yes but i we can can reasonably reach out to some of these people that we never thought we would be able to reach out to. And I can sit there and have a cup. Co- um, Mike Wilner. I regularly have conversations with him on Twitter. Like not just like, Hey, can you come on the show? Which he has been on three times. And and I mean, I grew up listening to him on the radio and doing Blue Jays games. He's a, a phenomenal at his act at his job. And he's also a very good baseball writer and reporter. And, but I can sit there and message him about something and
0: we'll talk for For a day or two, slowly back and forth. Well, and that's what I mean. A hundred episodes ago, would you have thought that you could take your phone out of your pocket, send a message to Mike Wilner, send an email off to Ron McClain, and realistically get an answer back within the day? If I didn't get an answer back, I would be confused as to why
2: i didn't i would think that i did something wrong like that I, because this is not normal i would think that i yeah i would think that i put something wrong in the email title or something like that or or i just didn't message right i didn't hit go on on willner's message or he was busy right like the it would be out of place to not get the messages back from some of these people
0: i'll tell you a cool story this actually only happened a couple of weeks ago um and just heard about it i think last week but we've recently had eric zweig on the show an author talking about his new book and he reached out to us after the interview a week after the interview with an email and he said hey like just wanted to say thanks for having me on loved it Uh, loved being on the show someone came up to me when I was at the flea market and said hey I heard the show on CFOS and I want to buy the book something about that just makes me so happy because someone heard us talking to someone on the radio and actually made the effort to go out go down to a flea market and buy the book because they thought it was interesting because we are sitting here every week not really knowing if we're talking to anybody like yes we
2: the podcast we can get some numbers so out of numbers. that but i mean the podcast is obviously going to be the lowest more than likely of the of your listeners when it comes to tv and radio and i mean for rogers we don't really get numbers we can get a ballpark and, and same thing being covid we just haven't got numbers from radio stations either and two of them are online stations which you don't really get numbers for anyways so we just
0: don't know so when you hear something like that it's kind of like oh Somebody is listening. <laughs> someone is listening out there. And it was just cool to hear. And, and he even said, you know, we got some online book sales from London, right? Which is obviously where we're, we're based out of. And uh, just cool to hear from someone that we recently talked to that this is actually uh, people are listening, whether or not we ramble into the mic for an hour like we're about to today because we're low on guests, or whether we're talking to Rob Black for 45 minutes, people are listening and they're engaged. And they want to listen. So after 99, 99 going on 100 episodes next week, that's why we keep doing it. And think uh, just
2: today I texted you about this, I, or yesterday, one of the two. I was just flipping through my my DMs to see, you know, oh, somebody canceled. Let's see who I can get late notice. <laughs> so I'm flipping through, and I noticed something that one of the guests we had on recently, um, Mr. Vincenzi of the uh, um, uh, golf writer, right? Yeah, Old, WGR golf writer, yeah. Right. He, so he... I'm flipping through, and I'm thinking, that looks familiar. So I, I go to his page, and I look at his profile picture, and it's your banner. It's, it's your poster for the, the show. The poster that we post on social media. That he put up as his poster. And and this is a guy who's been on the Golf Network, who's done multiple things. He's not, it's not like we're his first show he's ever been on. For sure. <laughs> and not like anybody else would know what that is. But we do. But we do. <laughs> and we thought it was pretty cool. The, the, the little things that are just pretty cool. Or or when. You know, when you're just walking down the street, which does happen to me sometimes in On in Sound, not here as much because we we haven't broken into this radio um, side of London yet. But, you know, walking in the streets or, or walking around the Bay Shore on a tack night and you hear, oh, hey, I heard the show the other week with, you know, whoever. It was really good. Good job. Or um, Freddie Wallace, good friend of the show, good friend of the family. He'll reach out every now and then and just say... Like, hey, I was driving back from somewhere and I listened to the show and it was really good. Congratulations, fellas. Like those little things that mm-hmm. they don't have to do that you hear and you just think, wow, maybe we are just not rambling into a microphone. Maybe there is actual people listening and enjoying. Maybe we've made it. No. <laughs> this, is not, this is not it. Have you ever sat back and thought this isn't going to work? We should just stop because we're wasting our time? Sometimes,
0: for sure. I'm not going to lie. There's what, certainly- what pulls you out of it? well, we got to record that night, right? Yeah. We got to get it done. And because I know that deep, th- like if we could go, there's certainly weeks where, or weeks, months, where we go for guests uh, where, you know what, we're struggling to get people onto the show where the content just seems like we're busy, meeting and you, our schedules, like it's just clashing. And then you'll nail a big guest and you'll be excited to get back into the booth or you'll have a week where, Neither of us are super busy and you can get in and we can just sit here like we are now and chat, right? And then it just kinda rejuvenates, re re energizes you and and gets you back ready to to be in the booth and, and to talk more.
2: You have these runs where and like being the booker, I guess, of the show. You have these runs where it's just like everyone messages you back and everyone's like, Yep, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. And you can book five weeks in advance. You're just like, Wow we got a lot some good weeks coming And then here. and then there'll be the parallel opposite. And then there'll be some runs where nobody can maybe the Super Bowl's on or something yeah. and people just can't everybody's busy, busy, right? Yeah. People don't tend to specifically make room for us. If it fits, it fits, but they don't go out of their way for the most part. So sometimes you have runs where it's just, you know, you're scrapping for guests, you're trying to get some old guests on, you're maybe you're in the dog days of summer and you just don't have that much to talk about. But usually when I'm on my way over, like today, on my way over, I'm just thinking like, I, you know what? I kind of want to just go home. Like, I don't even want to go over tonight. And then we get here and we start talking like this mm-hmm. and it's fun. I enjoy myself. And then we're, we talk to some guests and it's fun and I enjoy myself. And sometimes we have these nights where it's like three guests in three hours, right? That we're just trying to, we're trying to get a couple interviews done in advance. Sorry if you didn't know that, but sometimes we do get interviews <laughs> They do in get advance.
0: done. This show is
2: recorded in advance. Yes. Sorry to break it to you. So there's some nights where like I'll stop and grab a pizza and I come over and we eat and we do three interviews in a row plus recording the tv show plus recording the radio show we're here till 9 30 at night and you're done you're just like I'm exhausted mm-hmm. I'm so tired
0: why did I do this to myself yeah I, I get that all the time because after that and after you go home a lot of times I'll still have to sit down for an hour and a half and edit the stuff so we can you have to get out that night or get out the next night or whenever it is right it, it can sometimes be mentally exhausting but I think like you said you go back to to certain guests that you've had on or certain times that you can just sit behind the mic and talk and, and don't like don't get us fooled like we know we are super grateful that we can sit here and actually talk into mics albeit in my basement and it actually goes on the radio and people actually hear and as we've talked about and as we heard last week people are listening right it is actually something that is uh, truly amazing to me and you know who we are most grateful to and we did kind of plan on
2: talking about you know blue jays and something in this segment but we got two minutes left (laughs) yeah i don't think we're gonna have time so we're (laughs) we got more we got more time on the show after we go back we got tons of time on the show today um one of the things i don't think we bring up enough is how appreciative we are too of specifically cfos because it was and and jc coots in in general because he was the one who kind of had a I don't know an inkling who who took a step off the bridge and just said like we're gonna take a chance on you guys and we're gonna put you at yeah. what's a pretty good time slot on cfos saturday mornings, yeah. saturday mornings and sunday evenings and just believe that we can figure this out with somebody who like we we weren't on radio we didn't have the infrastructure mm-hmm. we didn't have any idea what we needed to do and they were patient and they we're, took their time <laughs> we were
0: 25 30 episodes into podcasts right like we were just getting started really and and jc and and the CFOS kind of took us under their wing and, and said hey let's let's do this right and then St. Mary's radio followed and, and we got on with Spencer Seymour at St. Mary's online and then blast the radio a little bit later on the TV and it all just started to fall into place but uh, it all starts there with someone giving you the chance and, and and it's not over here
2: I can tell you that I've we've been trying with other radio stations and we're close with other radio stations like we're not settling for where we are but it wouldn't I've started without CFOS specifically and, and, and JC. So we are very appreciative of, of him as well. But I, I think that's
0: going to wrap up our first segment. All right, of, quickly, quickly, okay. quickly, quickly. Okay. How do you like the Blue Jays with the new management change? Because we've seen it now for about a week and a half now. Do you think it has anything? And we'll do, talk about this more. Does after. it have anything right. to do with management change or does it have to do with paying? S-
2: Weak teams that are coming across the border without their stars? And pitchers who just aren't. I think we knew that the Jays had a really tough schedule to start the
0: year, and now it's starting to catch up with them a little bit. I think it does it a little bit. I don't think the Jays, as we record this right now, on a winning streak nine and one in their last ten,
1: do
0: you think with Charlie they go what six and three? Sure. Or but six that's six and three to nine and one. Six
2: and four, I guess. I don't know what the math was. Yeah. <laughs> six
0: and four to nine and one. That that's so different. But do you think it makes does it that, make that, that much could make a difference? I could at see the them. The I could see
2: them dropping one of the games against, um, against like, like Kansas this? City because there were well, two very. Did, but, there were two uh, one other game because yeah. there were two very close games in there that they were really close to losing. There have been a lot of blowouts. I mean, a, a, a twenty-eight run game. <laughs> you're you're not gonna blow. You're not gonna blow that too often. No matter. I could manage that team.
1: Well,
2: I think you could with yeah. a twenty-three run lead.
0: I think I could do it. I think I could get through. Might win by one, but we're winning. (laughs) The win's a win. Anyways, uh, we've got more Blue Jays talk coming up, but we have basically run our course for the first segment here. So we're going to go ahead and take a break, come back with more sports talk. Uh, Sean Rufflinghouse, the coach of the U18 Great Lake Canadians team, will join us to talk about one of his recent draft picks later on in the hour. But first, we have to hear from the sponsors here on the Smitty Media Show across the TSMS radio network. I'm Dave Middleton, a proud Sun
2: Life financial advisor, and I've got some fantastic ideas for the money that's building up in your bank account due to COVID-19. Make more and protect more. Visit sunlife.ca slash dave.middleton. Listen we all know someone affected by mental health. And that's why we at the Smitty Mitty Show have joined forces with the Jack Jury Memorial Dirt Bowl. Happening at 9 a.m. Saturday, August 13th at Pearson Soccer Fields in Port Elgin, Ontario, a day of flag football awaits you, concluding with raffles, auction, and dinner at the Queen's Bar and Grill. With over $30,000 donated so far this year, looks to be the biggest ever. For more information and where to donate, please visit the Jack Jury Memorial Dirt Bowl on Facebook.
0: Curling features all the best of what people look for in a new pastime. Great sportsmanship, strategy, athleticism, and community. With nearly a 1,000 curling centers in Canada, there's probably one near you. If you're interested in trying curling, you can find all the information and equipment you need at goldlinecurling.com. Goldline, the choice of champions.
2: Now back to the Smitty and Mitty show. All right, it's the Smitty and Midi show on the TSMS radio network and special for today, the TV as well. Yes, the TV is going to get segment two of the radio because you know what? We couldn't find a guest or we couldn't find a guest to fill our second segment. We do have a guest coming up later for you on Rogers Television and on the radio, and that's Sean Rufflinghouse. He's going to join us. He is the 18U coach for the Great Lace Canadian baseball program who just had a pretty exciting player drafted in the third round by the Milwaukee Brewers, and that is Dylan O'Rey. It's going to be so exciting,
0: man. Okay, can I, I tell you a imagine, story? I couldn't even imagine being a coach and one of my guys getting drafted. Can I tell you
2: a story? I'm not that good. So I was thinking about this all day, like how are we going to fill time getting into the interview? Yeah. So I'm going to tell a quick story, and then we're actually going to play a, a, a game, which we do play on the radio every now and then. It's called a, Duck, yeah. Duck, Goose. <laughs> it's called Yay, Nay, or Meh. Pretty basic. Yeah. So we're going to get to that. But I do want to tell a story because I was pitching in Guelph for the Ontario Blue Jays. Oh, so this wasn't recently. No. Okay. This was oh. back when I oh. thought I had a future yep. because we're talking about drafting and stuff like that. Because this is the first time where I pitched. I threw well. I gave my first home run, but I threw well, got the win. And as I came back to the dugout, I saw a guy in a Dodgers pullover right behind me. And he was just staring at me, just staring through my eyes. And just I thought stare right back. And I and like this. I thought like I'm like he must be looking for something. So I immediately just got up, started cheering my team on. The guy got out of the inning that I was stuck in. Blah 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 blah. So after the game, I went over to my dad and I was like, "Did you see the Dodgers guy?" He goes like Yeah, he was talking to me forever. He was here to see you. And he was just he was hiding behind like a tree so you wouldn't see him taking your velo and stuff. And then he wanted to come over and see what you were like after the game. And I thought that was super cool because even though like look, I'm not saying I was close to getting drafted. I'm saying there's there's things called local scouts, and then there's Canadian scouts and there's international scouts. So the local scout has to put in a yay for you in the system, and then there has to be two of those, and then you have to have the regional that has two, and then it has to be international, and then you can maybe get drafted. I'm not saying I was close, but I thought it was really interesting that he hid until it became time that he wanted to see my reaction when he knew when
0: that when I knew there was a scout there, and when I knew I had been pulled from the game. Yeah, like, I just gave up a long ball, and now I know the scout's here. Am I going to be angry? Am I going to freak out? But I think I did it wrong. That is what he was
2: looking for. Because I immediately stood up and was, like, cheering my other team. But I also don't think that was the answer either, because I think that was just very childish. Is there a right answer? I think the right thing to do would just be to sit there and be like, you know what, I'm disappointed, I'm frustrated, I did that wrong.
0: And then as soon as the inning's over, get up. I think maybe for a brief second, yes, but then – I wouldn't say get up and cheer on your team. You don't want to be the biggest cheerleader after you just gave it I think that was my problem. I think that was my
2: problem. Yeah. I think I was too much. Now, granted, the pitcher did it was after the guy who came in picked a guy off at first that I got pretty excited. So that is why you didn't get drafted. I'm gonna say it had something to do with it. Okay. It... would there have been a team because like the other the other team that did come see me actually a couple times was the Boston Red Sox. I saw them a couple times, but I immediately thought I do not want to go to Boston ever. I yes. would never want to go to now Boston. we are being picky with who drafts, us. but I'm saying, is that a normal thing? Like, do you think Dylan was sitting there and he saw like right before the Brewers, let's say it was the Cincinnati reds on the clock. And he's like, I'm going to go soon. Please don't let it be the Cincinnati reds. You think that happens maybe in your head until it actually happens. Right. But you can picture yourself in a Jersey. Like when you make yourself on MLB the show, you, you pick specific teams. Like, it's not like, you're just, I don't care who I am. Like there's teams that you will never be. No, I always actually let it go
0: random. You do not. Yes, I do. That—that That is. You put me where you think I need to be. I and think let me guide my own journey. When they catch serial
2: killers, that's what the questions they ask them on the stand is. Do you do a random pick for yourself? on it will be the
0: show. And I do. I do. I like to. So I think you're I, did, I like to make it as realistic as I can. And there's nothing more random than a draft. That's what they say. Is that true? Is, is it true. is a draft random anyways your story was fantastic i am so inspired by your lack of skill that you didn't get drafted oh, yeah? let's play yay nay or meh who came to see you all of them <laughs> some christian school in chicago
2: i did have a, a christian school in actually in chicago that did it was
0: probably the same school did probably just like that other chunky guy passed on yeah. us let's go get this chunky it was guy. a division three school i forget it what was, they were called was, Probably like and, it was probably the same school. And the email
2: said um we are a dry campus and the men's dorms and the women's dorms can't intermingle.
0: Yeah. You were like, eh, that doesn't sound like college. I didn't go there. I didn't even visit. That doesn't sound like college.
2: <laughs> that doesn't sound like the college. That's I a know. meh from me. That's a <laughs> meh from me. All right. So yay, nay, or meh. I basically started because I wanted Noah to be involved in the show a little bit. Yeah. Because he just sits there and usually
0: doesn't say a whole lot i just do the behind the scenes stuff that actually gets the show out to the audience and then, so like no big year and anything. then but my voice is the one you hear for the most my part. voice is the one
2: you remember yeah yeah okay so first one and i want to start with something that's near and dear to your heart okay and that's the matthew kachok trade okay yay nah or yeah nah or meh to the trade and i'll remind you of it Huberto weger uh a 2025 first and Schmidt, along with Matt Kachuk and a conditional fourth.
0: What is the yay, may, or for, may. Calgary. for Calgary. For Calgary? Yes. I like the trade for Calgary. I think you're getting a lot back and you're getting rid of a guy who doesn't want to be there. It. It's just that simple, right? If Matthew Kachuk does not want to be in Calgary long term, if he is not going to sign, if he's made it clear that he is going to want out of Calgary, trade him and get what you can. And I think
2: that's a pretty good return. I yeah. agree. That's a phenomenal, especially when a team knows that you have to trade somebody and they still give you those kind of, I mean,
0: right? Like Huber when Dough it goes Dough between Kachuk Kata- and
2: Huberdo, like, is there a huge difference between the two? I'd say Huberdo is the better scorer. It's just Kachuk's the heavier body.
0: Sure. And you know what? I, I, I don't disagree, but I, that's a, that's a yay for me. I think, and I, I knew that almost right away. Calgary won that trade. Um, so many times it's tough to tell right away. When a trade happens, who won? Sometimes it'll take a year or two, sometimes longer down the road before you really feel who won. And that would be the same for this trade. But early on, you get the feeling that Calgary walked away exactly how they would have liked to there, right? If you're looking at Calgary's uh, war room on that, that's exactly how that was drawn up on the blackboard. That's a win. Now, if you were a Calgary fan, how would you feel right now? Worried.
2: I'd be worried. Are you, this is are, coming from an Ottawa Senators fan. Are you worried for? I'm not worried about the team. I still think that's a playoff team in Calgary. I think pretty easily that's it's still a, a good team hockey team. But you just had
0: two of your best hockey players just decide they decide they didn't want that to be they either. no longer in, want to be in, in a Calgary. huge hockey town. Huge hockey town. They they weren't uh, playing in Phoenix. And let it be known, Calgary in a similar boat to Ottawa, not in terms of arena location, but arena age. Calgary needs a new rink, right? So they need that to get sorted out. Um... Oh, they're a huge hockey town, but they're it's it's, it's, hard to com- it's hard to compare
2: the Ottawa and Calgary
0: fan base for sure. For Those sure, I didn't families. and I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to compare it like that, but they they need to get that figured out because there's a hockey mad town. There's two things that matter in Calgary: the Stampede and the Flames.
2: Are you worried about NHL free agents? Maybe the stamps. Agents? Maybe the stamps. Are you worried about NHL free agents taking less money? Because I mean, we know that Goudreau took less money, right? Calgary offered him more to stay and he took less money to go somewhere. That's not even home. He didn't even go home. It's a 45 minute flight from his home, I believe near New Jersey. So are you worried for the NHL that players are going to start taking, you know, shorter deals, less deals. Maybe the NHL PA should be worried to go home versus to stay in a hockey market. Or are you, are you worried that players are going to start exiting Canadian teams knowing that they can go to Florida, they can go to, phoenix they can go to la and not be known in the street like matthew kachuk cannot not walk anywhere in calgary without being noticed
0: well it's not just that it's it may or may not have to do with the taxes as well you're going to take home a lot more of your pay down in florida or wherever uh vegas wherever it may be so i mean i think that's just uh, nature of the beast you're going to have players um that want to go there you're going to have players that want to be down in the states like right? calgary i've never been there um, I'm sure it's not a fantastic place to be throughout the winter, right? I have an aunt that lives in Calgary and it starts snowing at the end of September and doesn't stop until the end of March. If you're lucky, right? A lot of guys, if you're not from the area, don't want to have to deal with that. Okay. So I, that was the more
2: sports related one we're going to do. These two are are very much for the TV. And if you're on the radio, please look them up. So, you know, what we're talking about, I'm going to get you to flash these pictures up there. Okay. When, we, uh, when you do yeah, do I'll the edit editing. It. I'll edit it up there. Make sure you throw the pictures okay. up there because go this now. one, go now. yay, nay, or meh, Nicholas Cage and Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers showed up to camp dressed exactly like Nicholas Cage from Con Air. I want to go yay, nay, or meh on this look.
1: Uh,
0: it's a meh. I think that's a spitting image. I think he looks almost exactly like Oh, he did a fantastic like job, Cage. but I just like, Why? Can you imagine Aaron Rodgers just tries to do whatever he
2: can to get in the news, man? Can you imagine? No, that's true, actually. That's a very good point by you. Sometimes you make good points. Like, wh-
0: why was that necessary? Why?
2: why? It, it wasn't. Just show up to camp. Can man. you imagine man. showing show up, up to, to camp, camp, specifically dressed like somebody from a Halloween costume, basically, and then still being a two time MVP?
0: I guess money, you can, do whatever you, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. Do whatever you want, right? Your
2: rules go out the window. I'm going to be rich someday on from this show because I don't think so. No. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm going to beg to differ. Give me the next image. Give me All the right. next image. The next one, uh you could throw this one up as well. I don't actually have a picture of it, but I'm pretty sure you can you can I can imagine. You can imagine I can imagine Russell fans. Wilson Good to see. Okay. Russell Wilson shows up to Broncos' camp. Second day at camp. He shows up in a retro Broncos jersey. Basically in like a tank. Okay. He throws up in a retro Broncos jersey, but it's his own jersey. Yay nay or may so it's custom made it's it's his jersey it's number three russell wilson is that is that a yay or nay to wear your own jersey i
0: i mean if you're not on the field i'm calling that a no um it's only a nay if it has nothing to do with them possibly wearing that as a jersey in the future this could all be a publicity thing that's what my mind goes I don't too. care he's wearing the jersey. Just wear somebody else's jersey. Oh, if he if Wear if, a Peyton if it's Manning a, jersey. Who, a, who cares? If it's a publicity thing, and maybe they're hinting at that they are going to bring these jerseys back, then by all means, he can wear his own jersey. Can you imagine if, if Alec Manoa showed up to the field
2: tonight and he's wearing an Alec Manoa jersey? That's weird. That's awesome. That's weird.
1: That's, I don't think it's that weird. That's so conceded. That is so conceded
2: to wear your own jersey. I will wear my jersey wherever I want. Because basically, I feel like you're saying that there are all these players that played before me, I am the best. I still wear my Jersey. That's confidence. That's confidence. And confidence is, that, is key when it comes to success. arrogance for man. somebody who got brought into an organization that, I mean, has the pieces, but you still need to perform and you're older in your contract. Is that really, it's, it's, it looks bad. I don't know. It looks bad. Was the me. Jersey cool. Was it, was it's cool. just an orange Jersey. Well, okay. It's an, it's, you can picture it. And, I mean, you could throw it up, I guess and you probably already have, but yeah. it's an orange I mean. and white piping. That's it. Okay. It's a mare. Okay. Back-to-back mass. So, do you want the fun one or do you want the more serious one? We got
0: about, I don't know, two minutes before we got to get in the interview. so so. fun one
2: or more serious? How serious on a scale of 1 to 10? Okay, I'll give you both of them. You can decide which one you want. Okay, go. What the Chicago Blackhawks have done to Kane and Taves by telling them it's going to be a five-year rebuild and we might trade you, we might not.
0: It's disrespectful. That's what it is. So, that's a hard nay? It's a hard nay. I don't like it not like it one bit I don't think they should like it either they don't I, I can almost they,
2: guarantee you they don't because Taves both of them Kane and Taves have both said they want out but they're both on such big contracts it's going to be really hard for them to find spots they might retire you think they would retire over play for Chicago
0: how old are they
2: 30 34 maybe
0: 32 34 is not unheard of to retire a year or two About how much money are you giving up Give it a year or two they've made enough money they'll be fine
2: they'll be fine Next question. Okay, so the last one, and this is was the fun one. Did you watch the ESPYS? No. Did you see any highlights of the ESPYS? No, I don't watch TV. I don't have cable. You do have cable. I don't have internet. You have internet. We're on it right now. Nope. So Steph Curry at the ESPYS. Okay. There were a lot of jokes that didn't get laughter. Was he telling them? He was hosting. Okay. It doesn't seem like the type of comedian. Okay. So should we put athletes on this? Should athletes like Steph Curry? I mean, we've seen Peyton Manning was phenomenal. You saw, I mean, John Cena was really good. Like, there's a lot of guys who were really good there. But you've also seen like Norm McDonald, who was phenomenal. So should we put athletes in the spot
0: or let the people who host things host things? Um, yay or nay? Yay or nay, nay? To my thought, it's a it's a nay. Well, it's a yay to your thought of not letting them host these things. Okay. If that's what you mean. Uh, it depends, right? It's so it's so situational. Some guys are going to be good. Some guys are going to be bad. It's your job to figure out which ones are going to be bad before they actually get on the TV. There's people getting paid a lot of money to figure that stuff but out.
2: Can we blame Steph right? Curry for this? Or, or Because, I mean, he didn't write his jokes. No. There's no way he wrote his jokes. He might have wrote some and then had them corrected to the point that they were no longer his jokes. But jokes
0: are more about delivery. You, have, you can have the best punchline ever, but if you don't hit your punchline... For sure. Like, there are some people that have phenomenal stories. They just don't know how to tell them. right. You ever met those people that have terrible? Have you ever met someone terrible who just, story? Have you ever met someone who
2: tells a story
0: about you know being seen by a Dodgers? Yeah, yeah. That, guy yeah. that guy can't tell stories. That uh, guy can't tell stories. We do have an interview to get to on the show this week. I know we've rambled for about fifteen minutes. I hope we didn't bug you too much with our ramble. To I hope, start, I hope you learned something. To start, but we do have
2: an interview to get to on the show this week. So if you are on the radio right now, we're going to head to break and we will come back with Sean Rufflinghouse. And if you are on the TV, we're going to cut to him right now. Sean is the head coach of the 18U Great Lakes Canadian, and he joins us now, Sean.
1: No worries. Thanks for having me, fellas. Good to see you.
2: No, good to see you. And I'm going to take a shot in the dark here because I kind of remember seeing it, but I think, did you get engaged? Did I remember seeing that?
1: I did, newly engaged in the fall.
2: Well, congratulations. It
1: sucks. Yeah.
2: I'm telling you. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, it's terrible. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. I'm only, I'm, a,
1: she's I'm right a,
2: here next to me. Oh, but... oh. I'm only a month out of the wedding and less than that. Less than a month. I'm like, I'm like three, I'm like weeks, three weeks out of the wedding and the money gets pinched by the end for sure. You're funneling yeah. towards the $3,000 for a photographer and you don't worry about going to McDonald's on a Friday
1: night. Yeah. Exactly. I'm right there with you.
2: Uh, so tell me first, because obviously we played at Fanshawe together, all of us did, and and how do you make that, or how big of a transition was it to go from playing every day to, I mean, you were a catcher, and you were probably one of the most involved catchers I've ever played with, where sure, you were man. coaching constantly. So that step from playing to coaching was probably pretty easy for you, but what was the biggest thing you had to learn going
1: from playing to coaching? Um, for me, it was uh, just Being adaptive to the kids and uh, making them enjoy baseball, that was my biggest thing. And being around guys with this program, like I grew up with Chris Robinson, who was constantly teaching me and uh, we were back and forth the whole time. So I was learning the game more than anything, then especially in my playing days. And it just kind of transitioned nicely to coaching, and especially with the older kids. I can be a little looser at times, but uh, it's helped me immensely
0: now you get to coach uh the 18u club with great lake canadians is that a little bit easier for you knowing that some of these guys have already committed to a school and now you're just working on uh keeping up what they've started or is there still a lot of of teaching going on and making sure guys are showcasing their best stuff
1: uh i think it's for me in the 18u it's just keeping them on track uh i got lucky i didn't have to do a lot of the grunt work with them i get them uh prepared to go off to school so those guys get them ready and I just make sure they're ready to go getting their reps and playing hard and being competitive
2: what's the difference in when you were kids and and the ball players and the attitude versus what it is now I mean I don't I don't know what level you played at but I assume that I mean I know that I was constantly just getting yelled at basically it was what coaches did right it was all it was the the father figure of just screaming and now I think it's shifted more towards understanding that sometimes the player different players need different things
1: yeah it's definitely a hands-on one-on-one approach to a lot of the kids and the kids now are so high on analytics and wanting to know their numbers and how fast they run how hard they hit and whereas back when we played, it was go out there, play four games in a weekend, and play hard. So now I think there's a lot more regimented. We're not as hard on the kids. Like um, there's a lot more conversations with them on how they do things, and a week a week, day by day approach to it to get them to the next level, rather than just kind of strapping it on and going for four games.
0: Now we're gonna talk a little bit. Uh and just a little bit about some of the drafted players that you've had the pleasure of coaching, but um, obviously it takes a lot of work to get there for these guys. And you talked about the analytics, analytics portion of it. How much of that do you guys actually get involved with when you're, when you're going through the kids, is it literally just the speeds, you know, you know, off the bat, off the tee, whatever it is, the throws, or do you guys going into a little bit more in-depth stuff with the analytics?
1: Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, they want to know their numbers. Uh, we kind of shelter them a bit, but in depth is we can be like our pitching coordinators, Shane Davis and John Fitzsimmons. They really uh, break down the numbers for the spin. We use the rap Sodos, see how hard they throw their size, where they're progressing throughout the season. Like we'll take numbers through them uh, all 12 months of the year to kind of see how they're progressing and going and how things are moving. But, yeah, it, it's different now, like we're taking heights, weights, measurements, where they're at in the weight room. Um, it, it's just a different approach to it, and I know those college and pro teams are looking for those numbers, so we try to get them going on it early.
2: I think last question here before we move on to uh, to the drafted players, the I, I, I know when I was younger growing up and unless you were with some of those big organizations, if it was OBJ, if it was the Badgers, if it was whoever um, at the time you weren't getting noticed by any colleges. And even then you had to put in a lot of work just to get these colleges to even notice you in Canada. Has that changed a little bit? Are, are colleges more interested in and in, in welcoming of Canadian players?
1: Yeah. And I think it's the names in our program. Like it, it's not too often you have multiple professionals uh, on your staff that have contacts all throughout a couple of them actually being pro scouts. Um, And we've been super competitive. Like our league has been top-notched and produced a ton of players. So uh, I've noticed like we were down in Indianapolis, like scouts want to see us play and it's good for Canadian baseball that we've kind of gained that attention and, try to push them off ourselves or to the national team or wherever they go.
0: Now let's talk a little bit about some of the players that get to come through the GLC program and some of the guys that you get to see up close and personal before they make that next step. And the MLB draft, obviously just a couple of weeks ago, and uh, one of your players getting the first Canadian honors going as Dylan O'Ree drafted. Uh, what is that like for as a coach to see one of your guys go out the door? And uh, I can imagine as a fairly new coach, John, this is probably the first guy you get to see drafted. What's that like? What's the feeling?
1: It's awesome. Cause I actually had Dylan, uh, at 14 when I had started so it's kind of come full circle to me um but he's definitely put in the work and he earned that draft position to go to the Brewers um I know we had some other guys that had some opportunity to go so it's been fun for me to watch them uh and be a part of the process a bit um but for Dylan to go that high and where he was it it was well earned and definitely fun to watch over the last six years him develop to become that player
2: i mean he'd be he probably got quite a siding bonus make sure you remind him of who coached him all the way up and and who he probably has to thank for a lot of his success um it was interesting because yeah. i did hear i did hear on um on, on one on a nationally broadcasted uh baseball show where they were actually talking about uh, dylan and just saying how he threw a wrench into the whole draft how a lot of Teams didn't have him going really anywhere near that height, and when he was taken, it, it kind of it it jumbled things up a little bit. What is it about him that you think allowed him to make that jump?
1: Uh, he's an all tool player. Like he's fun to watch, and I think for a lot of people, uh, he's just wow. Like if you watch him for an entire season, he can do just about anything. Like he makes tough plays look really comfortable um his speed is phenomenal and his ability to spray the ball to all fields with the bat is really something to watch and he really hit the ground running within the last couple years with the national team and with us and he kind of separated himself as that guy so he may not be known down south to a lot but up here he was a big name and trending in that direction for sure
0: well and he's one of those guys i know we picked up uh on Rogers TV, if you're watching in the London region, we picked up the GLC games a few years ago, and uh, it's so interesting to keep your eye on guys from uh, whether it's 2019 and now all the way to 2022 and, and see them get drafted. Uh, Dylan was certainly one of those guys that you kept your eye on, and you said this guy is this guy is a good ball player, he's something special. It, it's always so interesting to me to to go out to Dorchester on those Wednesday nights and and get to see you know three or four years in the future some guys that might be getting drafted.
1: Yeah, he he definitely earned that spot. He worked hard at it, and he also played at a top level with his teammates. Like We had a very good 18U team, and that core group really pushed him and encouraged him to play well, and he went to that next level that was needed. He was in the weight room. I know there was a couple of times this year we had 10 a.m. doubleheaders, and I would show up at 8 a.m. and he'd be hitting in the cages with his dad. I'd be the first one there, but Dylan would beat me to the ballpark. So that's just kind of the guy he is.
2: So what do you think, uh, two-folded question here, where do you you think the ceiling is for Dylan? And what do you think he needs to do to get to that?
1: Um, I think Dylan, the way they've talked about him and for him to be that guy, he needs to continue to hit well. He uses his speed. He's going to get the opportunity to play in the middle infield, um, and ultimately he can play wherever. He's a plug-and-play guy. For him, he obviously, we've talked about him being an MLB guy, and he's got some work to do, but uh, he's definitely got a great opportunity to play the middle infield at a high level.
0: Well, uh, we thank you for joining us, Sean, and talk a little bit about Dylan O'Reilly, the recent draft pick out of the Great Lake Canadians program. Uh, talk a little bit about being a coach and, uh, hey, get to catch up a little bit because I think it has been uh, probably since 2015 since the three of us actually sat down and talked to each other. I've seen you a few times, but not with Mitty here. So uh, good to see you again. Yeah, Come no. again.
1: <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Good to see you.
2: I'm Dave Middleton, a proud Sun Life financial advisor,
0: and I've got some fantastic ideas for the money that's building up in your bank account due to COVID-19. Make more and protect more. Visit sunlife.ca slash dave.middleton. Curling features all the best of what people look for in a new pastime. Great sportsmanship, strategy, athleticism, and community. With nearly a thousand curling centers in Canada, there's probably one near you. If you're interested in trying curling, you can find all the information and equipment you need at GoldlineCurling.com Goldline, the choice of champions.
2: Listen, we all know someone affected by mental health, and that's why we at the Smitty Mitty Show have joined forces with the Jack Jury Memorial Dirt Bowl. Happening at 9 a.m. Saturday, August 13th at Pearson Soccer Fields in Port Elgin, Ontario, A day of flag football awaits you, concluding with raffles, auction, and dinner at the Queens Bar and Grill. With over $30,000 donated so far this year, looks to be the biggest ever. For more information and where to donate, please visit the Jack Jury Memorial Dirt Bowl on Facebook. This is the Smitty
0: and Mini Show. The Smitty Mitty Show back here on the TSMS Radio Network to finish things off for yet another week and to say bye-bye on episode 99 of the podcast. This was a good test for us. Why? Because we,
2: I mean, we lean, Why? We lean on guests a lot to take up a whole bunch of our middle segments. Or do
0: they lean on us? No, we definitely okay. lean on yeah, them. yeah,
2: yeah. So this was a, this was nice to to have some time to we didn't talk about sports in the first first segment in the middle segment we kind of had to figure it out because we were on we were doing TV as long but I think we did a good job oh, it was all right
0: we'll wait till the numbers come back in and we we'll see we'll see if anybody buys any books this week if you yeah, really if, enjoyed if anybody the show go out and buy my book <laughs> how to be a podcaster by Noah and Tyler it's two pages it says build a studio in your basement yes buy drywall put drywall up in mom's basement by microphones set three talk (laughs) pretty short book pretty short book good read though you're not going
2: to want to miss it chapter two nail biter let's thank our sponsors dave middleton sunlight financial life is brighter under the sun gold line curling that is your choice of champions the jack jury memorial dirt ball please 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 if you can i know we're in tough times here but if you can donate anything you can to this event it is amazing it goes towards helping for mental health which is what we strive for on the Smitty and Mitty Show. We'd like to help any way we can. So please, if you have the money, if it's $5, if it's $10, reach out to the Jack Joe Memorial Dirt Bowl on Instagram or Facebook, and you can find information there. Also, raffles happening, uh, dinner happening at the at at the, uh, at the 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 Queens Bar and Grill. Thank you. That escaped my mind for a second. That's what I'm here for. That is what
0: you are here that for. You've never even for. been there. I've been there tons I of times. I have been there. So please reach out. I've been there. You've never been there. I've never been there. Anyways, that does it for us here on the Smitty and Mitty Show this week. If you haven't, make sure you go out and support your local Toronto Blue Jays club. They are good, and they are going all the way.